very warm welcome to Reactive's Health Podcast, where every week we dive into EU health policy and bring you the latest health news from Europe. I'm Giedra Pesetskita. And I'm Gerardo Fortuna. And in this episode, we will be talking about the Pfizer saga at European Parliament and other EU health news. But before we get started, here's some uh, info on this new product we're launching today. All you need to know is that uh, from now on, every Wednesday morning, uh, you have to listen or you're going to receive this podcast if you subscribe to it. Uh, if you want to stay up to date on all things health in the EU. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll also be talking with guests uh, or even between the two of us or maybe the three of us. Yeah, and for that, let me introduce our team uh, who will be bringing this podcast to you. So it's your active health team. That's me, Giedra Pasetskita, and Gerardo Fortuna, whose voice you just heard, joining you from Brussels. And we also have Clara Bauer from Paris office. Lucky Clara from Paris while we're here in the sunny Brussels. I'm, I'm a bit ironic. Of course, it's not sunny Brussels. Let's see how it's going for her. And uh, we give the floor to Clara for her focus this week. Um, and stay with me and Gerardo if you want to hear other important health news at the EU at the end of this episode. Welcome, everyone, to the first focus of your active health brief podcast. Today, we will be talking about the ongoing controversy over the percentage of COVID vaccines between the American pharmaceutical company Pfizer and the European Commission. We will be focusing on the role that the European Parliament can play over the transparency of the COVID contracts. To dig into this very interesting topic, I am receiving a special guest today. Please welcome Green MEP Tillemets, who is also a member of the COVID committee. Hello, Tillemets, and thanks a lot for joining me on this podcast today. Hello. So we will start our focus with a little recap about everything we know so far on the case. So back in 2020, the European Commission purchased COVID vaccines from member states uh, from different pharmaceutical companies such as Pfizer, Moderna, or AstraZeneca. And in April 2021, the New York Times revealed that the EU Commission was about to sign a deal for 1.8 billion doses of Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. The president of the commission, Ursula von der Leyen, and the CEO of Pfizer, Albert Bola, are accused of having negotiated this contract directly by text messages. Journalists, MEPs, and Emily O'Reilly, the EU ombudsman, have since then requested many times access to these messages, but without any success. Um, so, Tillemets, maybe one first uh, question. How come you still don't have access to the messages and to the contracts which are redacted. I think uh, MEPs from COVID committee asked uh, Ursula von der Leyen to come for an hearing, right? Yes, indeed. I mean, um, we uh, have asked um, that uh, Madame von der Leyen would come to the COVID committee. Why to the COVID special committee? Because there is really a place to analyze uh, how things were done, how the procedure was respected. And it's really to learn from this in order to do it better next time. So the place to discuss with Madame von der Leyen would definitely be in the COVID committee. Now, the biggest group, nevertheless, on the conference of the president uh, decided that there will only be 
um, a healing with Mrs. Uh, von der Leyen inside the, the COP and not in the COVID committee, which uh, we think, of course, is the wrong place. This is uh, the place to discuss this should have been or must be in the special COVID committee. And we would have uh, also respected if there would have been the wish to make it in camera. Okay. And so what is uh, the role of your uh, committee, the COVID committee, uh, on this case? What can you do uh, to have this text uh, public? That is a good question, indeed. Uh, we ask for... we. I mean, we are there to defend the European citizens uh, and we are there that the citizens of Europe has trust in the in the procedure and in order to have trust in the procedure and in this whole uh, vaccine strategy that has been, but also regarding the future to have trust in the European institution, we need transparency and we need complete transparency and especially if, uh, like in the case of the COVID-19 situation, a lot of public money uh, was there for the development of the vaccine, for the production and, and, and etc. So um, that is our role as European Parliament to ask for uh, complete transparency regarding these messages, regarding the procedures, regarding the contracts that have been done uh, with, the, with the pharma industry. Okay, so you have uh, contacted the European Commission. Uh, did you contact or try to get in touch with uh, anyone from Pfizer? I think that uh, Albert Bulla refused a couple of times, uh, I think twice, to come uh, to your COVID committee. Yeah, that is exactly true. So um, we asked, therefore, because Mr. Bulla refused, so the CEO of Pfizer refused to come to the COVID committee, um, we, the Greens uh, EFA group, in agreement uh, with the coordinators of the COVID committee, we have asked, uh, had asked to, to waive the lobby pre- privilege for, for Pfizer, um, but the court refused to do so. Um, so we, we don't have a lot we can do there. So it is sadly the only power that holds this house, as I mean the European Parliament, in case of um, no show for a public hearing led by an European Parliament committee. Uh, we had once the situation um, regarding, for example, Monsanto um, had seen its lobby privilege in the past um, for similar situation, and, and there the, the lobby privilege were, were, were waived. In this case, um, it was, um, yeah, the COP refused to do so, and, and we regret that because there, as I already said, there were um, they were paid by public money. I think it's the biggest contract uh, that was made for the COVID vaccine was with Pfizer. So this is really disrespectful from this company uh, regarding also a democratic process. That's very interesting. You've just mentioned uh, the Monsanto company. Uh, with the Pfizer uh, case, the ongoing Pfizer case, uh, what does it say about um, a lobbying uh, inside the European Parliament? And also, do you think uh, something should be done about lobbying? Should it be new rules or uh, maybe new guidelines uh, to follow regarding uh, lobbyists inside the, the EU institution? 
I mean, the the whole situation, the so-called Qatar Gate, of course, showed us that we need stronger rules, better rules, uh, more controls, more transparency. Also, there regarding um, also the the conflict of uh, or the potential conflict of interest that may exist, and this is the moment really to show that we that we fight for. Uh, to have more transparency, to avoid all conflict of interest, to lay down really uh, what may be financial interest uh, could be, and as I said, and especially conflict of interest. So we definitely need better rules. And that's why we, Greens especially, were also asking for a longer cooling off period. So once you're finished working as a as a member of the European Parliament, six months not to be an active lobbyist for us does not seem enough. I I we as Greens would have like more time before you take a role as a lobbyist. Uh, Twenty four months was, would be much more appropriate. Um, so that is just to to name one element also in in link with what we are discussing uh, right now. Okay, and maybe one final question. Speaking of public interest, uh, last October the European Public Prosecutor's Office (EPO) took up the case because of the extremely high public interest. So, what do you expect uh, from this investigation? And is it a good sign uh, that EPO took up the case? It is very important that uh, the, this case is is taken to the to the court. So, two years ago, six MEPs from the Greens EFA. Um, that uh, took the commission to the court. This is not an action against the commission, uh, but it is really essential. So with this court case, we provide uh, the commission with reason to be more trans to to show more transparency and counterbalance the pressure from the industry to keep everything uh, secret. So it's really commercial interest versus so-called commercial interest. And I, I think there is no um, big deal now to reveal 100% from the contracts. Uh, here we're speaking really about overriding public interest uh, in having full transparency on the COVID-19 vaccine contract. And that is so important, as I said already, to restore public trust but also uh, for possible future similar occasions. So it's really also in order to rebalance the powers between the pharma industry and the public here, the European uh, authorities. Yes, and I think indeed public trust, uh, as you said, is really the, the challenge here. Well, thank you very much, Tilemes. That was really interesting uh, to have your lights on this case. Uh, thank you for joining us today, and I hope we will see you soon uh, back on the Euractive Health podcast. Thank you very much for your interest. Thank you. If you're enjoying listening to Euractive's Health podcast, uh, this is a friendly reminder that you can subscribe to our newsletter that comes out every Wednesday the same weekday as our podcast, and we'll make sure to keep you updated on the main EU health news. And don't forget to check other Euractive's podcasts, such as AgriFood Brief, 
Tech Brief and Beyond the Byline. And you can listen to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. And for the last bit, let us run through the main EU news this week. Let me start with pharmaceutical legislation package. It's kind of nothing new again. It was delayed for... Again. Yeah, exactly. What a surprise. Uh, and this time for another two weeks. So initially the package was planned by, uh, for the end of 2022. Then it was delayed for mid-March this year. And now it has been delayed for the end of March. And of course, stakeholders are unhappy. Even journalists are unhappy about the situation. We're tired to Indeed. to announce delaying news. But um, yeah, and actually I asked the commission in the briefing what's taking so long why it has been moved again in Commission's college data. And what the spokesperson said is, I quote, there are no specific reasons why any point is shifted from one day to the next. It all depends on the state of preparations on logistical issues. A very Commission reply, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, exactly. Um, other news that you have? This is another um, news uh, uh, that come from actually last week uh, when uh, uh, finally we're going to have a health subcommittee at European Parliament because finally, after a deal that was reached already in January between the main uh, majority group in the European Parliament, meaning the centre-right, the European People's Party, um, the Socialists and the Liberals, now uh, the plenary voted for the uh, establishment of a uh, specialised uh, health uh, committee, which means that um, in practice means that there are going to be 30 MEPs dealing specifically with the health files. Uh, although this uh, new subcommittee, which is linked to the mother committee, which is still the Envy committee, that mm. so far the Environment Committee was the, the uh, European Parliament Committee dealing with health staff. So there's going to be Again, people from the same committee, but dealing specifically with health. Uh, it's also true that uh, this committee will not have uh, legislative powers, but in a sense, uh, since they're basically uh, linked to the MV committee, which is the one they're going to have uh, um, the competence on uh, on uh, the legislative competence on health file. Uh, it's a bit like they're going to run the health policy making uh, in uh, in Brussels. So uh, this is a very interesting news, particularly for stakeholders, uh, uh, but also for uh, for MEPs, for politicians uh, that want to deal more with this uh, super interesting beat. Thank you, Gerardo. And I think that is all from us for today. Thank you so much for listening. And we also want to hear from you. So if you have anything to say, just don't hesitate to drop us a line. Our email address is podcast at youractive.com or contact us on Twitter or LinkedIn. This episode, of course, was brought to you also thanks to our multimedia team. So a special thanks to them and to the podcast producer, the one and only Jonas Halleboik. So that's all from us this week. Uh, until next Wednesday and stay healthy. Bye.